0: bitch, please.
1: Oh, bitch, please my ass. You want a sandwich? Dig that. Oh, hell yeah. She's a bad man. A
0: I'm a black man in the white world. I'm a black man in a white world. If I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be killed. episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. In the world of college athletics, certain topics will come up again and again and again because the whole world is college athletics. is fluid, changes day by day, week by week, court case by court case. Well, gonna go back and touch on a subject that we've covered before and it is one I hope you're not tired of listening to. And I'll talk about it here next, here on the JB's Low Tech
1: Podcast. When you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust. In a world filled with distractions, one law firm stands tall, fighting for justice. Bradshaw and Bryant. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. We take our mission very seriously. Our firm is dedicated to representing those who have suffered due to the fault of others, especially when they're distracted by their phones. Four Seconds. That's all it takes to travel the length of a football field. But those same four seconds can change lives forever. Don't be the person who causes irreversible damage to others or yourself. Put your phone down when you're behind the wheel and be aware of your surroundings. Bradshaw and Bryant have championed the rights of the injured for over three decades. We excel at what we do. Bradshaw and Bryant is ready to fight for you. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured Bradshaw and Bryant
0: We're back here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. That song should tell you which topic I'm gonna go over for I think for the third time, and it's the transfer portal. And why the transfer portal again, you may ask. It's because rules are changing again and will probably change again. But this earlier this week, a court case was lost. I think it was in the state of Virginia. Several players had been suing, and schools, and that's a very interesting part. Schools have been suing over the uh, transfer portal rule, which I don't know how else to say it. The, um, the rule, as stated, says you get one free transfer unless you have graduated from an institution. You have four years to play five unless you've gotten a COVID year left or you... Got an extended injury reprieve, but you normally have four years to uh, five years to play four seasons. But within that, you get to transfer once to any school that you want to, and then the second one you would have to set up residency, meaning you would have to sit there for a year, not be able to play, and get you know get your books in line, get your life in line, and whatnot. Here's the thing people like mac brown at university of north carolina and other coaches 3 4 years ago whining and complained that this would cause all types of problems and we need rule changes so that was the change while well, this year mac brown needed a player to play and he wrote open nasty letters about the nc2a about people who make those decisions Uh, gave uh, some people gave out the information of those people who give up, uh, make those decisions, and it was just ugly. Further background on this, as I've told you before over and over, and I keep going to tell you, the NCAA is not made of people who make decisions. It is made up of people who enforce the decisions made by college presidents and college ADs because their whiny little coaches come back and tell them that the reason why I lost this player is because of this rule, and I want it changed, and I want it changed now. So you're, if you're a college president or a college AD, always run into the NCAA every time your coach whines that they lost a recruit to something, you're never going to have them satisfied. So why do you keep doing it? Are you afraid they're going to run off to another school? They're going to do that anyway if there's more money being thrown at them. So I don't know why people do this. So right now there is a court injunction basically blocking <coughs> excuse me, the transfer rule in college athletics. Made everybody on their second transfer eligible right now. Now the football season's over, so it's not affecting football. But the basketball season has started, and some of those players have played. Well, the NCAA came back and, s- and stated that if this is, this injunction is overturned and they, and they win in court, you just gave up a year of eligibility by playing in whatever, if you played in one game or whatever, and you would be thrown back into sitting also because the rule w- – Go back to one free transfer, your second transfer you sit, unless you're a grad. These are the rules that every school, President, AD, agreed to because they're the people who actually make the rules for the NCAA. The poor people in Indianapolis just enforce the rules. So when you... Talk about the NCAA, it's terrible, and this, that, and the other. Remember, the people who work at the office at the NCAA did not make the rule. They're just enforcing it. It is the college, again, the college presidents and the college ADs who listen to their whiny little coach who keeps stating that um, this is hurting us. After three years ago, they stated that they needed these rules to keep players under control. Why was the transfer portal started in the first place? Well, there's uh, several reasons. Uh, One, athletes were treated poorly, meaning that when they wanted to transfer, a school could block what school they could go to, meaning they would block every school that you played in the conference, every school on your schedule, every school on your future schedule, and any school that might really benefit from your talents. Also, players wanted to be able to move just like the coaches get up and move. I, I used to fight that one, but now it makes sense when you look and you see a coach is someplace for a year or two and they win games, and then they take off for a bigger paycheck. Well, why can't the players take off and better their situation academically or financially? are playing time-wise. So those are the things that players are looking for when they make these moves. The other reason why the transfer portal was they kept losing cases in court. The the office of the NCAA, who, again, who are stuck to enforce these rules that these presidents and these ADs lay on them, you should see the thickness of of the NCAA bylaw booklet. It would spin your head. It is about as thick as the old yellow pages that would, you know, the that come out now. So the rule right now also has waivers in it, meaning that, okay, you get the one free transfer, and then, again, if you're a graduate, you can transfer. But then the second year, you would have to, again, your second one, you would have to sit as a as a reporter called it, the uncle dialysis rule came into effect, meaning every player that tried to transfer tried to find a a so-called relative in the town they were transferring to who was on dialysis, who was was dying, who had breast cancer, who uh, couldn't get around, and on and on and on. The strange thing was when they transferred to whatever it was on that waiver, they never spent any time with those relatives, hardly. It was just an excuse to stop the NCAA from blocking them. And again, it's called the uncle dialysis rule <laughs> or the aunt dialysis rule, but it was used over and over again by shady coaches who wanted their talents at, their, at the school they were going to transfer to. So what is the the rule? that there is a rule that, that could be coming down the pike that would change said rule that's already on the books that has been blocked by the courts that says you can't, you can't block them from transferring a second time. Well, the rule will go somewhat go back to the first rule and it will state you get one free transfer and then that transfer on your next one you would have to sit and set up uh, res- uh, residence in the new school that you're at, and get yourself in, uh, in, you know ready academically and socially, and all these things, which aren't a bad deal. And then the next year, you would still have how many every years you would have, you know, three years, two years, four years, whatever, to start your clock and start competing. Here's the change. All waivers would go away. They will not listen to any other waivers, meaning once you made that second transfer, that's it until you graduate. No more uncle dialysis, no more auntie dialysis. It will just be once you go, after the first transfer, where you're allowed to transfer and be eligible right away, if you do it a second time because you're looking for a better, even better situation or more NIL or whatever it may be, you will have to sit and you will be not granted uh, eligibility no matter what the case is. So, it sounds like it's gonna get even harsher, but that's because half of the schools want it this way. And then you have other schools who, like Mac Brown, who just want it to be in a gray area so it'll fit him. So when he rails against it one way, he's in the right. Or, like I said, he originally railed against it because he thought there was way too much movement and he didn't like the way kids needed to be somewhere and get acclimated, and this and that and the other. Why do, why do I keep bringing up Mac Brown? Because he, he is a clear case of showing how whiny coaches are. When they are out to lose a great player, then they sit back and whine to the AD who asks, why did we lose Johnny? And it's because that other school cheated, or that other school has been sending him dms and they told him that they wanted him or they reached out to his agent yes college athletes now have agents so and then they would whine or his assistants would whine to him and tell him i didn't get beat we were winning that kid we lost him because such and such other school promised him this or gave him money or did something under the table which there is not much left under the table when you have nil. So always you're gonna have whiny coaches who think that they never lost anything, and to prove it, they're going to go and complain to somebody and say that we gonna get it, We need to get it fixed. Coaches whine. They're whiny. Special, and it's funny. The people who make the most money whine the loudest. Well, why is that? Because they don't want to lose those big-time paychecks when they start losing games and they get their butt fired. So it is just unbelievable. You can't have it both ways. These people are trying to have it both ways, and it's just crazy, and it just sets up a bad situation where a few people who work in an office in Indiana at the NCAA headquarters, get called all type of dirty names, uh, get their lives threatened via email, or or letters or phone calls, and it's just because some coach sitting behind his desk. We need to we need to do something about this, and he's literally telling his fans to start whining and complaining in conjunction with him. I definitely see a crystal ball movement going on this and what i mean by that is i'd pull out my crystal ball and shake it and what's going to to me in five, in 5 years what's going one or two things going to happen there will be no blockage of transfer just go that's why i picked that song <laughs> move get out the way it's just going to be that it's going to be total chaos can't do it in the middle of the season and be eligible, but players are going to transfer every year. Just go. And I have some. Uh, I heard some stats today really cross, you know, made me stop and think. Well, I've already told you all that 48% of the people who enter the transfer portal wind up nowhere, not back at the school they're at, not back at some school they thought there were, and not at some school they th- think they're better of. They, where they wind up is at some junior college, hoping to then restart their career after that year in junior college, or they just float out there and train for a year and then hope that they get an walk around and invite e to some college, and start and restart that way. That is an awful big chance these young people are taking with their lives, their education. It is just bad. And then I heard another uh, stat today. You know, we have the Power Five, which is the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the ACC, and the Pac-12. And then you have the Group of Five, which is like the AAC, Conference USA, uh, the Mountain West. I can't think of the name of the one that Toledo plays in, but um, that conference. And those players, if you watch bowl games, are just riddled with people taking off and trying to get to a power five school because they think they can now get there. What I heard was 50% of those guys who get to move to a power five from a group of five, Oh, Mac, the Mac uh, conference is the conference I was thinking of that Toledo plays in, by the way. But those players who move from the group of five into the power five, 50% of them wind up sitting on the bench. They're just used as um, depth on a roster, meaning they're probably the second team or third team player. They never get to play. They're just stuck. Coaches who invited them to come on knew that was going to be the case. And now they're just sitting there. The grass was not greener for them. No playing time. Of course, there's no playing time. There's no NIL. And now you wasted your one free transfer to go to a school that really never had any plans to play you. 50% of group a group of five players who try to move on and do move on to the Power Five conference teams do not play or do not start. They just sit there. They just add depth to a, a roster, and it's just, just an, again another bad decision. Now they're stuck. They're on um, now at the end of that season. They're on transfer uh, transfer two, and now if they even if they go back down to group of five, you have to sit. So that's all of this is making me believe eventually with enough court cases and people in, at the NCAA office tired of having their life threatened by crazed fans and, and overpaid coaches talking too loud that they will eventually push this back on the people who actually make the rules at the NCAA, the athletic directors and the presidents, and tell them, here's what we think, we should get rid of this totally, but it's your schools, You're all, you all get a vote, we just enforce it. So, it'll be interesting. I just wanted to give an update on this. Uh, and I hope you enjoy your bowl games, but you will see... Not only the opt-outs because I'm going pro, but you're going to see a ton of people. I'm opting out because I'm in the portal and I'm hoping that I go to a better situation. It's not always, it's not always better making that decision. Sometimes you're better off sticking where you're at. And some of those schools down in, in the G5, you know, they have pretty good NIL options, it may not be as lucrative, but most of the the people in the power five only average 45,000. So say you're getting 25,000 at a Mac school or a Mountain West school, but you're starting, you're playing, you're getting exposed as a great athlete. Tons and tons of, there's tons and tons of those type players in the NFL, You don't have to be in a Power Five to get to the NFL. But that is something that the Power Five coaches tell these group of five players when they're trying to recruit them out of the portal that we can help you get to the next level where your other school can't. Beware of the snake with forked tongue because they know who they actually have on their roster, what their roster plans are, and this is just... When every time the players think they've gained a foothold, understand something. These coaches always have a different move. Until until we get signed contracts in, and bargaining agreements in college athletics, which college ADs and college presidents won't no part of, this cycle will continue to go around and around and around. This is a short one. Thanks for listening. I will have a commercial break here and then come back and wrap this up here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. When you need
1: someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust. In a world filled with distractions, one law firm stands tall, fighting for justice. Bradshaw and Bryant. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. We take our mission very seriously. Our firm is dedicated to representing those who have suffered due to the fault of others, especially when they're distracted by their phones. Four seconds. That's all it takes to travel the length of a football field. But those same four seconds can change lives forever. Don't be the person who causes irreversible damage to others or yourself. Put your phone down when you're behind the wheel and be aware of your surroundings. Bradshaw and Bryant have championed the rights of the injured for over three decades, we excel at what we do. Bradshaw and Bryant is ready to fight for you. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured, Bradshaw and Bryant. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Of course, that was uh, loose ends, with going to make you mine, as these college coaches (laughs) tell these people in the transfer portal over and over again, I'm going to make you mine and turn your life around and do this and do that, and all they do is give empty promises to young people. Well, I shouldn't say all they do. There are some coaches that have, uh, most coaches I really should say, have good intentions. But even with their good intentions, they know what they're doing to these young people. Uh, Just a very quick one out of the mailbag. This is from uh, Joel in Minneapolis. And if anybody thinks about my background, you probably would know who Joel is. And he spent a little time in that place I was talking about in Indianapolis, but that's the only clues I'm going to give you. And all he said was, job well done on my last podcast about charlie baker and the pay structure change that might be coming down i hope you're getting ready for the holidays you gotten all your shopping out of the way you got the gifts wrapped. the the tree is up and you're just ready to sit back and watch some good bowl games or some bad bowl games but just watch bowl games period I hope you just remember some of the stuff that I've talked about this year. There's going to be a lot more to talk about next year. And who knows what wackiness like the sign-stealing thing at Michigan will come up. And so until next time, thanks for listening. And happy holidays here on the JB's Low-Tech Podcast. JB is my name and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game.
1: Right on Negro, black, African American, black, black, black. Jangle. J. B. Damn, Dolomite. Great card kind in of heaven, you know. J.V. Our great Negro sex machine.